yeah, we'll, we'll get right into it here. Uh, we don't talk about ourselves too much, the janitors. Uh, we like to bring on projects that we feel are potentially undervalued projects or projects that are doing some cool stuff for the space. And we kind of give them the floor, to, the floor to talk about what they're doing and talk to our community about what they're doing and, and kind of why we should in, invest into the, into the project and into the people too, specifically, because that's one thing we always say is we like to invest in people. Um, uh, because there's a ton of good projects that are run by either artists or devs or whatever it may be. But the, the bottom line is the, the leaders of the project have to be people you want to invest in for a project um, to do well and something that you want to hold long term. Um, so a little bit about the janitors. Um, we are a project that plans to sweep floors every single week. We will uh, vote on, as a community, a project that we feel is maybe an undervalued project that's planned, that'll be here for a long time and will continue to grow and build. And we will sweep the floor of that project with the community wallet. And then we will raffle the NFTs back off to our community. And we'll do that every single week. And, um, you know, it, it, it feels like it's a good type of project in a bear market where there are good opportunities, one, but two, uh, there are just uh, there's just a plethora of projects that are um, building, building, building right now that we can kind of dig into and, and talk more with as we continue to grow and, and, and build our own projects. So like I like I said, we focus a lot on other projects. So in our discord, you'll see that we're not really talking about the janitors very much. We're talking about what project, what other projects we like. And, and it's cool because. Um, we're, we're not your typical Discord. How uh, you know we're so focused on the janitor specifically. We're focused on other projects. Um, so without further ado, tonight we've got the Fat Cats on, and we've got Neuromod, two projects that I feel and, and we feel as a team are potentially undervalued projects that are doing some good things in the space. Um, so without further ado, I'll let Fat Cats and Dylan take the floor and kind of give us a rundown of. Uh, what the fat cats are, uh, when you minted, what was the mint price, and what are your plans for the future? Sure, sure. So you you found us quite a while ago because we were already early on speaking to Elogix because of my Midnight Labs connection. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, you guys even hadn't minted yet. And, um, you know, I liked what you were doing, you liked what we were doing, and so we kind of kept that dialogue going. Uh, so basically, we minted 5,000 supply at 0.08 ETH. Um, we, we broke it down into two whitelist mints, uh, because I really did not want kind of public bots to become our main holders if they were just going to flip anyway. And so we allowed, you know, everyone on the catalyst to mint to a total of two, uh, in order to kind of try and get a, a good unique holder count. Uh, and then that, that phase minted out about 1800. Uh, then we moved into phase two, uh, whereby everyone could mint to a total of 10, uh, and again, why we wanted that was, you know, if, 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 if people don't want to use their opportunity to be a unique holder, that's fine. But let's kind of then get that uh, to the, you know, to the people who do. Uh, and so that got us to kind of a total of like three, nine. And then we opened the public mint. Uh, and within 15 minutes, we had sold out, which was like, you know, I don't know, man, I, I was planning two days, but right? like I was trying to get everyone psychologically uh, you know, down for the idea that, you know, we might take two days to mint out, but it didn't happen. I mean, we minted out in 15 minutes. Uh, there was a slight mistake on my part with the Merkle tree. Uh, so for, there were like four minutes when uh, the public couldn't actually mint. Uh, and then what happened was all the people on the whitelist were like, what's going on over here? Where's all this volume coming from? So a few of those people who were on the early catalyst actually then came and exercised their right to mint. That's what seems to have happened. So uh, yeah, it was a very interesting uh, mint to be sure. Uh, and then we wanted to get that revealed done quickly because, you know, kind of not to fight on our art, but we've just got so much utility we want to pump out. It's like, let's get through kind of all these basic motions quickly. Uh, and, um, you know, like you, we wanted to use verifiable uh, proof. Uh, so I know that, you know, kind of you also speak to Over, Overdrive and, and Puppy and stuff at Elogix. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, great, let's integrate that. And I have to say, you know, the training team was always very polite and on the ball. But they were not that informed uh, when it comes to NFTs. That was what I struggled with. You know, it was very difficult to get an exact price out of them and different things like that. And long story short, they basically don't shuffle the deck. They just cut the deck and they didn't kind of make that clear. Uh, and then also we were waiting an hour and 10 minutes because they told us the price was kind of going to be like two chain, two link. 
uh, only to find out that, yes, it's actually only 0.7, but the, your account has to have a lot inside because it has to prioritize the fact that maybe gas will spike. So I then quickly transported 60, 60 link into the account, and then within a minute it had revealed, and surprise, you know, everything was clumped together. So, uh, you know, the team was amazing. Uh, you know, we've got Fresh Drops as an advisory as well, and they quickly came on and were like, look, you know, this is what you can do. This is how we can kind of put out a warning notice. Let's refresh data. Let's re-upload all the metadata, spin it again, and let's do that. So the community rallied. We did okay. And, uh, you know, it really does, you know, it's, it's maybe kind of we've had our first fight together, right? Like we've been through our first war zone together, a tough market, a tough, a tough reveal. Uh, and, and the community seems to have come together much stronger. Uh, we were playing jazz all night. We were chilling in the cafe. I think we sometimes have north of 100 people. Uh, just hanging out in, in voice chat. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think this community is uh, something that I am, I'm shocked that it came together so well. I mean, I, I don't want to downplay the fact that I've been building and, and, and work like a dog, but, you know, the, the fact that it all came together, you know, one is not entitled in NFT land for things to go your way just because you're giving good stuff to people, right? And, um, you know, I think that, that that's an unhappy story that a lot of people know too well. Uh, and so I'm still extremely grateful that so many smart and wonderful people have all kind of come together in one space. And it's, it's truly been remarkable. Uh, just quickly on what we're building, I would say break it down into kind of two or three components. Component number one is kind of our flagship offering, which is a blue chip NFT hedge fund structured as a collector's club. And so whereas you kind of are buying projects that you think are undervalued and raffling them off, we're kind of putting them into a community vault uh, and, and having a council of claw kind of put forward proposals for us to vote on. And basically we bake it down into big caps, mid caps and small caps, uh, primarily those that have kind of reached critical mass like Board Ape where they've got great brand recognition. Uh, those that have maybe gone under the radar like Kuhlman's Universe, we go to the mid caps. And then the small caps are kind of like trying to find that next PXN uh, so that we can kind of do an arbitrage, maybe, you know, take 10 whitelist spots for the DAO, flip eight, uh, you know, and then kind of, you know, keep compounding those funds. Uh, and we're going to be looking into incubation. So that's kind of the flagship offering. Uh, and governance works quite simply that if it's time sensitive, it goes to the council to decide on. And if it's not time sensitive, like distributions and electing the council and stuff like that, that all goes to the entire DAO to vote on. Right. Like, for example, right now we put to the entire DAO a vote that should we buy a board ape? Right. Because, as you mentioned, there are so many opportunities right now uh, that if the market were to kind of pump again, uh, you know, we could see a major um, uh, growth again in some of these in these bigger blue chips like board ape and artifact. And so, you know, we're really trying to get on that as soon as possible. Uh, yeah. And then I would say the next aspect is education. We're building a premier business club and think tank. And I say it like that because. You know, in addition to the fact that we've got Alpha and a robust whitelist marketplace, we're also really trying to build out a, a massive research team, kind of a critical mass of constant debate. Uh, we've got kind of, I think now, close to 200 founders hanging out in the server as well. And so we're trying to bring that all together into one place uh, and turn our Discord into kind of, you know, that social capital powerhouse where everything business and thought related is discussed. That's amazing. And so, um, you know, taking it back to the mint okay so you guys um you know I've, I've followed along i was with you in your discord probably when you had you know 1200 1500 people in your discord so i've been there for a while and it's so funny because you hear from a lot of projects and you hear from a lot of people who say you need to have a certain amount of people in your discord you need to have a certain amount of twitter followers in order for you to feel confident going into your mint and you know, we've got about 4,000 or so in our Discord, and you had about 7,000 going into your mint of 5,000 NFTs, right? And of 5,000 NFT collection. And there are so many projects who have 15,000, 17,000, 20,000 in their Discord, and they go to mint, and they don't even come close to minting out. But yet you had 7,000 or maybe even a little under 7,000, and you minted out a 5,000 collection. And so... I think it really just goes to show that it doesn't necessarily matter about the number of people you have in your Discord, but it's more so about are these people, uh, you know, loyal to uh, the leader? They believe in what the project stands for and, and so forth. And I think you did a really good job of doing that and being confident in minting because, uh, you know, a lot of people have told us at Janitors, hey, you need to have 
we want to see you have 12,000, 15,000 in your Discord before you even consider minting the 4,444 collection. And, and, you know, sometimes I think, well, we're not necessarily the same as a lot of these other projects. We're not pumping people into our Discord. We want people to come into our Discord who want to be there and believe in the project. And I think that's exactly what you've built. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. But I think the reason why those metrics are often so used is because the reality is everyone is saying they want, it, it, we're all playing musical chairs, right? Let's be honest. Most of the NFT projects are all playing musical chairs. It's often the same people kind of going to the next party uh, for the day, right? And, and so what, what they really are saying is if you get a big enough number, then you can kind of mitigate the risk of your lack of confidence, right? right. Because the reality is, uh, the only reason I felt so strong about going to this mint and, and feeling like if I did not go into this mint, I would be letting down the community because if, if Bored Apes, for example, did pump, we've kind of missed that perfect storm, right? So um, for me, it was a feeling of, uh, I know how I'm supposed to do it. I know I'm going contrary to everything, but I have literally personally curated this entire catalyst, right? You know, uh, one of the things I learned from, you know, Joe and Dom from, from the founders of Creeps uh, they said to me, Dylan, in a project like yours, do not give whitelist spots away or not at least not sizable amounts without an AMA because you need to literally be speaking to these people. You need to be taking their questions. They need to form a relationship with the founding team and the values of the project because that's the only way then that you can kind of trust uh, that they trust you and you trust them. And that may have been kind of the strongest advice I got. And also when we did do partnerships, because, you know, we, you know, you do have to, even if you're not a hyper project, you do have to get the word out. I tried to give them a smaller allocation as possible and to kind of give them a bit of a rough time. I mean, I'm, we, you know, we're not, we're not stupid. Of course, I could have said to them, you know, give me your wallet addresses. Instead, we said, give us the Discord names. We have 30 plus wonderful mentors who will be there, happy to open when they open a ticket to add them to the whitelist, right? And so <laughs> we, you know, we gave them the ring around because we knew, you know, we knew that if you're an NFT llama holder, uh, you may not show up because you get 10 of these offers you win a day. And, uh, you know, we only want the ones that you are really interested. You know, one of the biggest uh, positive signs for me was that 70% of the Gajira holders claimed their whitelist spots. So it was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but, you know, then you know something's going on. That's such a great way of doing it. And we, we do a very similar uh, way with janitors because we're, we're, you know, we're not necessarily the same type of project as Fat Cats, but we're doing something, you know, in a similar way where we're helping our holders, we're, we're voting on projects we like and stuff like that. And so that is 100% a great way of doing it because there are so many people and so many projects who reach out to us and ask for like 150 spots in their alpha groups. And I, and I, and I think to myself, there's no way these people are going to mint this project. So I'm not going to take their wallets. We're not going to take their wallet addresses. We're going to just take their their Discord name, and they can come into the server if they and you know listen to some of our AMAs. And if they like the project, then they'll ask for a whitelist, right? Exactly. I think I actually end up allocating throughout the three and a half months uh, something like three and a half thousand whitelist spots, uh, and our final tally. Uh, on our actual kind of collection because, you know, so many of those projects kind of died out along the way. Some of them literally have dead servers now uh, was, I think was something like 2077. So right. we, we highly undersubscribed. Yeah. And we're in the same boat. I feel the same way. There's, you know, I go through the list from projects like, uh, you know, some of these bigger projects and see who's in our discord and who's open to ticket. And a lot of times it's 50, 40% or so, you know, Exactly, exactly. I think we lost our other guest. Oh, here they are. Oh, good. Let's add them back. So, uh, hey, so I, have, I have a question. Um, first, these are few. So, yeah. the dist I read distributions um, on your website based, I mean, investing in, I guess it's a DAO vote to either invest uh, the profits from one of your blue chip NFT flips, or I guess whatever level um, flip you would have. Um, but the distributions piece of that, how would you plan to distribute to your holders the profits from one of those, uh, those gains? Like what, what's, what's the idea there? Is it, is it ETH? Yeah. Are you using Polygon? What's... Yeah, so, so the, the website was cryptic for a reason because we really are 
dancing in the gray and trying to not antagonize the SEC. I mean, you know, it, it, it goes without fail that every project that says the word hedge fund in their name has undocked founders. You, you find that as a kind of a general rule right now, right? Because that's their way of dealing with the, the problem. Our way of dealing with the problem is staying within the legal gray. And so we will just make a claims contract. And will that claims contract be in USDC or Ethereum uh, or die? That's really up to the community. So that will be one of the questions we will be voting on is what do we keep our float in? Uh, as for what the distributions will be, I expect that our big caps will be the things that we tend to hodl, right? In other words, the only reason we would probably flip a board ape is if the market goes absolutely bananas and pumps and we feel like, okay, board ape is a great long-term hold, but this market's just insane. Let's kind of cash out and come back, you know, come back in at a slightly lower point. Uh, but we will be careful about that because, you know, you know, board ape has kind of a, a history of kind of coming out as a winner. They retract slightly, but it's, you know, it's still at a much higher floor than kind of the previous ceiling, right? Uh, and then, but I think the plays that we'll do as a lot more arbitrage will be in the small caps and in the incubation, right? So the small caps kind of like, we definitely want to sell much of our holdings in a new project because we want to see if they fulfill their roadmap. Uh, or in the case of incubation, if we've been the advisors on the project and we're helping it succeed, we may keep our entire uh, kind of position, but we'll also be getting a cut of the mint because we'll kind of be their advisors. So that the the royalties and maybe some arbitrage positions should accumulate into a nice amount of money. Uh, and then we can kind of, you know, decide how much to reinvest and that which people want distributed. we just make a claims contract for two weeks. Everyone, we take a snapshot, they come and collect. And after those two weeks, uh, anyone who didn't collect because they, you know, they've lost their wallet or something, uh, we just put that back to the community fund because, you know, there's no need to give Satoshi Nakamoto any more money. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. So that was a good question. Plus another question I had was, uh, just how are you, what's the process look like for how you decide what to invest in, which project to invest in? Cause so say like some people want to buy 30 llamas and, uh, someone else, you know, a, bunch of other people say well why why don't we just buy one board ape you know what's the process look like for that fantastic fantastic so uh we're in the middle of nominating our council right now and basically the council will be a team of five uh each with kind of different portfolios so i'm going to be pushing for myself to be the chair but also that i will have the portfolio of the big caps uh, and strategic partnerships for fat cats so for our, helping our branding uh, then we will have one counselor who's heading the incubation department uh, one counselor heading kind of small caps and then probably two counselors heading mid caps and their job will be to for the community to be able to liaise with them so they'll be able to open tickets to kind of show different projects that they think we should be looking into uh, and then we'll take a short list of those projects the council will meet regularly uh, and we will then kind of you know whittle it down to a few options put out formal reports and then put those as a snapshot vote to fill our different allocations. So, I, you know, we're expecting the allocation for the big caps to be something between 45 to 55% of our entire holdings. Uh, the, the small, the mid caps will probably be, I'm expecting, uh, you know, the vote to be approved in the 20 to 30% range. Uh, and then maybe, you know, 10% for the small caps and 10% for incubation and cash. Uh, so that's kind of how we, we will be looking at it. Uh, and then, of course, if there's enough of a kind of like uh, community cry in favor of something right just to get to be put on the docket which is what kind of happened with the board ape if there's a consensus of more than 10 percent really wanting in on a project uh, they can kind of bypass the council part where the council puts that as a priority uh, and we'll put a vote out for that very cool that's awesome um so i had another question uh Flo, do, you, do you have any actually you know it's always good to open the open the floor here and let some other people ask some questions as well because i tend to uh talk non-stop and ask <laughs> a million questions <laughs> yeah if so, anyone wants to ask a question uh please request to be a, a speaker and we'll bring you on up um my big one was that i was interested on in how those distributions were going to work but i'm i'm really really excited to see how this project goes and uh how all that stuff's functions so i'll be yeah, following along and one other one i had dylan is so how much how much was allocated to the community wallet post mint 280 ETH, uh, 280 ETH. And now we have already kind of passed, I think, I think we're at the 14 ETH royalty mark. So I think we're nearly at 300 ETH. Wow. That's awesome. So quite a few, quite a, you know, that's a, that's a lot of ETH to play with to, um, you know, potentially turn into even more ETH and, 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 you know, for the community. So that's pretty cool. That's, that's a good amount. 
And what percent yeah. of the mint was that, the 280 ETH? Uh, 70% of the mint. So 70% of the mint and 100% of the ongoing royalties. And then 100% of the mint and 100% of the ongoing royalties for the junior fat cats go to, to the DAO. And for those wondering, the junior fat cats are, are literally just a stock split. So, you know, you, you know, everyone now kind of knows with the meta that you need to have something in a f few months uh, that you can kind of onboard new people with. Uh, and it gives, you know, it allows people kind of to have the strategic decision of, you know, if they wanted to vote to reinvest all of the funds back into compounding the size of the DAO, but also wanted to kind of get some money back, they could sell their juniors, right? And then it's a win-win because the DAO is getting the royalties and they're helping onboard new holders. Uh, and then the other aspect is non-dilution, right? Because the extra 2,000, so the junior fat cats are a free mint, but the extra 2,000 uh, that will be sold probably as a whitelist thing to the to the public. Those will be uh, all of those that the money raised for that will go to the DAO wallet. Awesome, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about the the reveal and what happened. So so what exactly happened with the reveal? And um, you know it was crazy to see because I like like you mentioned. You know maybe you expected a little bit of a dip in the in the floor price because of uh, what happened with the metadata. Uh, but in fact, it was the opposite and people kept buying. So so what happened there? Well, I think the philosophy is what got us in trouble, but also kind of is why the community is so supportive of it is, you know, I've promised to push boundaries, right? I've promised to be all about excellence and transparency. And the reality is uh, using Chainlink is still kind of novel, right? You know, as much as, you know, Overdrive and them gave me help, it's still quite novel. And the Chainlink team themselves are more used to dealing with kind of price oracles for liquidity pools and stuff and not really NFTs, right? This is not kind of big business for them. It's more of exposure. To be, to be frank, they only, you know, the Chainlink DAO only earned, what, $20 from this whole process with us, right? And yet it kind of gave us all the support. So what really happened was there was a miscommunication on what actually Chainlink does. And so we, you know, we had uploaded our data pretty much in order. Uh, you know, we hadn't done a heavy shuffle on our end because we thought that that was something that Chainlink does. Uh, but it turns out that Chainlink essentially cuts the deck, which means that they just change where the numbers start as opposed to actually doing a full-blown shuffle. And so what we ended up with was, uh, you know, maybe number one metadata went to number 10, but then all of the things next to number one went there as well, right? They had kind of, they were kept in the order that they had been uploaded. And so everyone was getting batches. And one of the silver linings that happened was I ended up getting all nine legendaries uh, because I had minted 165. And it was like, oh, wow. Because, you know, because I've offered to pay back people who minted like between those periods, you know, above like floor price. And, you know, imagine the kind of tragedy when people would have started selling the legendaries to each other. So that 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 was kind of a Hail Mary pass. Uh, and then we just quickly communicated with the DAO. I mean, I hopped on, on, on you know, I saw something was wrong because people were like, wow, you got Dumbledore, Dylan, well, you deserve it. I'm like, uh, thanks. And someone else is like, oh, you got Harry too. I'm like, oh, dear God, I've got no luck. This is not possible. And then Fresh Drops is like, wow, you got four of the legendaries. I'm like, oh, fuck, Captain Bear, get on a call right now. We, something's very, very wrong over here. And so we quickly put out that announcement. And, uh, and then we went into damage control. Uh, we, we posted something on OpenSea. We posted an announcement also inside the Discord and on Twitter telling people, please stop flipping. We're going to re-roll. Uh, and then within two hours, uh, you know, Dave, Dave, our project manager, and Captain Bad got on a call, uh, re-audited everything, reshuffled everything. And um, I wasn't involved in that, so that kind of, you know, I, I would could be impartial. But essentially, we, we hired Fresh Drops to handle our metadata uh, clearly. Uh, and so, you know, we got it up again and we re-revealed and uh, yeah, you know, the community really uh, rallied behind, uh, you know, how we handled a bad situation. Yeah, it was it was cool to see because I, I literally didn't see any any FUD at all. Everyone was just, you know, happy and, and, and it worked out great. And the floor price rose. In fact, you know, like it just kept it just kept rising before the, the new metadata was even entered in. And then it was, it was, it was cool to see. It was just cool to see the community do that. So, yeah, that yeah, was, exactly. that was definitely interesting to see. And it kind of, you know, it, it kind of goes to show you that maybe we are uh, turning a table here with it, with NFTs. And, you know, you, you kind of prove that collections can definitely still sell out during this and can still do well because you've already done, 200 ETH on secondary as well, right? Somewhere right around there. And, um, and the exactly. Price, and the floor price is still holding steady around 0.14, which is 
0.06 above the mint price. So, you, I mean, you're doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, hats off to the community. I mean, it really is uh, a remarkable bunch. And on top of it, you know, the amount, I, I am shocked at the amount of holders of 50 fat cats and 20 fat cats. I mean, it's quite remarkable to me. Uh, you know, kind of the m- amount of trust being placed in this ecosystem. So uh, it's 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 remarkable and it's also humbling, uh, and it inspires me to kind of get up in the morning and uh, really do good by these people, right? And really make them a, a lot of money while having a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think they see how hard you work too as a leader, and I think that's really important because, I mean, you, you, every single day you post AMAs and you're doing two to three. I was seeing two to three AMAs a day, maybe even more that you were just going on to. And it didn't matter who it was, really. You were just getting out there and spreading the word. I mean, you could be have... I saw you sometimes in spaces where there were 10 people. I saw you sometimes in spaces where there were uh, 400 people. and didn't really matter to you. You were just out there spreading the word and doing as much as you could. And I think the community definitely sees that. And they say, you know, this guy's going to work for us. He's going to continue to build for us. So this is a project I can get behind. Yeah, and, and I, I also think, uh, you know, we, we've got to get neuromodern here too, but I also think that it was really, you know, when people say, what was kind of that novel angle? What did you do? I think one of the areas of novelty that we did was we token-gated based on competency and not based on net worth. And, you know, when I would get to speak to smaller communities, you know, where, where I knew like, you know, HypnoDucks, I mean, it's a small but very close community and a very smart bunch. And they're like, look, we're not going to have a big crowd. I'm like, I don't care. I'll come and speak to our friends, you know, and, and yeah. I, you know, my, 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 my community kind of PA at, at, at WGMI, I mean, is a, is a long-term holder there. So of course I'll make time to speak to them. And what I wanted to do was really try and find all the brains and all the kind of people who want to build and are excited about building in this space and are here for the long-term and get them all into fat cats, whether they were project founders or just, you know, 16 year olds who were just dabbling, but had a, had a knack for kind of research and stuff. And, you know, to that end, we're still keeping that culture. We've got a locked Discord. Thanks, thanks to WAP. You know, if you're a holder, you can get into the Discord straight from the website. I think we're one of the first to integrate that as well. But also, we've kept this culture where anyone is a fat cat holder can always invite their friends and the same goes for project founders because we want, you know, people to kind of bring their friends into the club and we don't want to kind of downplay, you know, their importance. You know, we call them fat cat allies. If they just come and kind of hang out and share information, we're giving them tons of free research and alpha and content because we want them to kind of hang out uh, and, and create that kind of mass Reddit forum hype and discussion that goes on. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Dylan, man, we really appreciate having you on. If there are no questions, I'm going to uh, move it all, move it along to Neuromod. I know it's late where you're at, so if you have to hop up, feel free, have, hop off. Um, I'm going to uh, give the mic over to Neuromod here, let them tell us a little bit about what they're building and uh, when they minted and uh, what the future holds for Neuromod. And Dylan, man, I really appreciate having you on. Always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, sir. And uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick around for a little bit. But yeah, I may have to pop off soon. But so thank you for understanding. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, well, uh, thanks, janitors, for having us on today. We're very excited about that. And thanks for Fat Cats for joining us. That was uh, that was really exciting to hear about a lot of parallels between both our projects and the series of events that occurred when launching. So, um, yeah, that's really cool to hear. Uh, how successful y'all were, especially in this market. We're all aware of it and <laughs> not excited to be in it, but um, it's all about what you make of it and how you use this time. Um, so yeah, my name's Josh. I'm the founder of Neuromod. I um, founded the project with NFT Zerk uh, kind of last year, and we've kind of been building it out. We launched a month ago. There is, uh, like I said, a lot of parallels with how our launch went. Um, we were right before, a few days before the um, other side launched, which was uh, one tough. of the biggest, yeah, one of the biggest liquidity sucks we've ever seen in the NFT space, um, for better or for worse. But we knew leading up to that that um, before was going to be a bad deal and launching after was going to be a bad deal. So we just picked our poison and we, we launched before. We already had everything ready to go. And we gave our community a little bit of notice. So, um, yeah, we we under allocated our whitelist spot by 
uh, our whitelist spots by 500 because we were, um, we promised that there would be a public sale and we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a, a little tiny bit. The initial collection size was supposed to be uh, 4,444 and we launched and uh, of course we're affected by the kind of low volume of the time. Uh, we minted up to a thousand pretty quick and then kind of stalled. So we did a lot of um, things. We did what we had been a few weeks before and just stayed on AMAs basically back to back with all our partner communities. And then um, ultimately we, we crawled across the finish line and hit um, just under 2,600. We, we ended up getting a huge volume spike, but we told our community hey, to um, basically reward all of those who have supported us early. We're, we're shutting down the mint in one hour, no matter what happens. And um, of course that caused a, a bunch of people to come in last minute. And we ended up hitting like number one on Moby and IC tools. And I, I shut down the contract with like um, a couple dozen pending transactions. So it was um, an intimidating time, but that's how we ultimately uh, gained the amazing community we have now. Um, like even to this day, we have 88 NFTs listed out of 2,600 and, um, floor price is, is suffering a little bit with the whole market, you know, slightly below mint, but, um, overall the community is involved in the, in the discord every day and, uh, interacting with us. So that's a little bit how our launch went. It's a lot like how fat cats was, but a little bit about what Neuromod is. Um, the cornerstone, the, the two cornerstones of Neuromod are basically our art and the education aspect. So um, the art is done by uh, Robo Poe, who's a German-based artist. He, um, yeah, is definitely into the whole sci-fi uh, tech sort of stuff and has done a really great job at creating really unique art. Um, we're also working with lore writers and, um, again, paralleled with the artist and working to get some really cool stuff out in the near future with that. The other major cornerstone is, uh, the education platform. So, uh, all of Neuromod kind of, um, exists on our dashboard. There's a few key elements of our dashboard. There's a marketplace, uh, there's an education platform and, um, uh, like an inventory page and some other minor things there. But the education course is starting off with uh, what we call the, the NFT trading course. And this kind of starts at the very beginning with how to, you know, um, navigate open seas and use it to the best um, of your ability. And then it gets complex to like gas war minting and um, interacting with contracts and um, a bunch of other things. There's about 30 lessons in the course and, you know, we've even had people who are um, more advanced traders who started at the very beginning and said they learned something every lesson. So um, we're, we're really proud of how that's going. And we uh, plan to expand that to many other courses in the near future as well. Um, but that, that's kind of where we're starting. We're still uh, making our way through every week, updating the course, getting more lessons added, and then doing uh, a few streams on Twitch a week where I just talk about uh, projects, the overall market analysis and crypto analysis and all that good stuff. That's really cool. So you guys have, you said about 30 different lessons that your holders can go in and kind of just run through these lessons, um, of, you know, about Web3 and the NFT space and, and kind of just learn through, uh, through those lessons that you guys have created, right? Correct. Yeah. So That's it's awesome. 30 lessons on the outline. We had a platform built, so it's all token gated, our whole dashboard and um, all of the, the video lessons are accessed there. So uh, again, it's 30 lessons outlined. We, we have about half of them out now, and I work through you know, every week getting more added. This next batch of lessons going up is the um, tools section. So I'm going to be comparing like NFT nerds with Alpha Sharks and uh, NFT HUD, you know, all of these, these major things going on, Super C with ERC Sniper and and just all of those things that, um, you know, I've had to pay an ETH here, half an ETH there to get subscriptions to, to learn them. Um, I'm kind of doing video analysis and comparing them and then kind of giving my final thoughts is what I would pick. So um, that's a little bit like kind of the philosophy behind things. We, we, we want people to basically be able to um, start with the Neuromod trading course. Like even on our website, there's a public section that has the lesson on how to set up a MetaMask. Uh, wallet and stuff like that so so the goal is that hopefully 
you know, as time progresses, we, we build ourselves in this education um, sector and, you know, people send the course website to their friends. They're able to set up MetaMask and then, you know, maybe even purchase uh, Neuromod as their first NFT and kind of go from there and access our utility. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit more about the course. So do you have to be a holder to gain access to that course? To so the yeah, course? The, the entire course, yeah, is um, token gated to owners. Um, but there is a public page, like I uh, was mentioning, that has access to some of the lessons <laughs> that are basically essential to get you to buy an NFT. Yeah. So those are accessible publicly uh, on our on our website. Well, I'll tell you, janitors, uh, our Discord has a ton of uh, n- fairly new people to the space because not, ne- not janitors isn't necessarily focused on new people in the space per se, but because of what we're doing, it's a great way for new people to enter the space and have a chance at a and you know to win free NFTs. Uh, just by holding a single janitor every single week. So we do have a lot of new people in the space. So maybe we could form some sort of partnership here and, 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 and do something because I think there's a good opportunity for both of us. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely love that. Um, I also um, love to do, you know, kind of talks with other communities, either like intro lessons on things or, um, you know, security talks or whatever it may be. I, I love to do that and interact with the community directly. Um, because we all know the difference between sitting in front of a video and actually speaking with someone is it's a lot more beneficial to speak with people. That's why we do these AMAs all the time. So yeah, I would absolutely love that. Awesome. Yeah, and we, we would like that too. What, you know, we actually spoke to NFT Zerk about it when you guys were minting, we said, you know, kind of touch base with us afterwards because, uh, you know, we're all about education. We do stuff with inventors and a few others already. So, you know, maybe you can consider doing a, a freemium model for fat cats and janitors um, you know, because that's a great way to kind of get your brand out there by giving some value, but not have to kind of keep shilling a marketing budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. So, uh, b- besides the educational factor and the art, which is which is awesome, I know you guys have um, a whitelist marketplace as well, which a lot of projects yeah. are doing. Um, and I know you haven't touched on that yet, but can you kind of run through that and what you guys have in the marketplace and, and what you guys are doing there? Yeah, for sure. Um, that was my next big talking point. But yeah, the, the marketplace is kind of a, a whole thing. So we built, again, this is all built by our same developers. It's a token-gated thing. So we have a token native to the Neuromod ecosystem that we call Cash, spelled C-A-C-H-E, like a computer runs on. Um, we, um, this is a completely passive uh, token. So it's, it's off-chain, uh, meaning that there's no staking required. There's no gas fees. Again, playing into the intro to NFTs side of things, you know, kind of the philosophy of the education platform. We wanted something user-friendly. I know many of us um, do have NFTs that we stake, but I don't know anyone who I've talked to about the staking experience that, that particularly enjoys it or thought it was super simple at the beginning. So basically, the, the cash generation is passive. Um, but we, we also have implemented a system within the last week, which we call um, pseudo staking. So what that means is only unlisted NFTs on OpenSea generate cash. So instead of actually having to um, lock up your NFT in a contract and, the, and pay the gas fee to do so, and then whenever you um, either want to make it more liquid or list it or whatever, then you have to transfer it back. Uh, we kind of negated that whole process, and all you simply do is just own the NFT, don't list it, and you generate cash. So then cash is used for our um, marketplace. This isn't completely limited to whitelist, but it's the main thing. Um, there's two main um, philosophies of the marketplace. There is the actual listings where people can buy uh, whitelist spots, just they're out from the cash that they've generated. But again, tying back to the the introductory aspect of our project is that there is an inherent disadvantage to, you know, people who can't hold a bunch of NFTs. Um, We like fat cats are blown away by the amount of um, supporters who have 20 to 50 NFTs. Um, That was something we were not expecting at all, but we actually have quite a ton of holders in those ranges. So, um, we kind of adapted and wanted to make the system a little more user-friendly for those people. 
who only have one and they can't wait two months to um, buy a marketplace listing. So we implemented what we call the cash crate. And this is a randomization system, um, most similar to kind of uh, black boxes with nanopaths. That's what it is most easily paralleled to. But basically, um, users every week can buy one cash crate. The cash crate costs um, as much as it uh, as much cash as is generated by one NFT in a week. So um, there's also whitelist spots, NFTs. Sometimes we have tool subscriptions, um, ledger devices, all sort of things that get pumped into the cash crate in the marketplace. And these holders who um, otherwise can participate in the marketplace, but once every few weeks, actually have the opportunity at some of those large items like NFTs and um, other things like that. Like even when we first started off, someone you know, who only had two Neuromod NFTs, one a Zerk Pass. Um, and it was, a, it was a new member, and that Zerk Pass at that time was worth uh, over one ETH. So that was a lot of value offered to, you know, those newer people in the space, and that's kind of the philosophy behind that. Yeah, that's, that's cool because um, that is one thing that I see in a lot of these whitelist marketplaces because I, I take part in Llamaverse, and I take part in Illogics, white place, um, whitelist marketplaces, and obviously, the more NFTs you have, the more money you have, and the more likely you're going to get the good whitelists from those from those marketplaces. And it's tough because, uh, you know, you sometimes people who only hold one or two hop on sometimes, and uh, they have nothing left to get. You know, there's no more whitelist market. You know, there's no more mm-hmm. whitelist to grab except for maybe something that they don't feel will be you know, worth spending their money on. So they're essentially just holding and holding and holding until they can build up enough to to grab something worth buying and so that's a cool way to do it because that is a flaw in the whitelist marketplace system that i see for sure for sure yeah and i appreciate that and i I agree that um you know the attention span of the nft space is like this ongoing challenge for every project in their in their team um you know if it takes you two or three weeks to generate enough to even participate in the lowest level of the marketplace um, the chance of that person actually holding, because I know how my psychology changes after week two or three of something, and they're kind of trending sideways, and there's no new plans for another collection or anything for another couple months. You know, I know, I know my psychology as a trader, where I'm just kind of like, do I really want to sit here and wait for two <laughs> months before I can do anything again? You know, and that's the the thing we all we all struggle with. And obviously, you have to choose the right racehorse, but um, this is kind of our way in, in exciting, making it more exciting and allowing those people to, you know, get to participate and they don't get to choose their spots, but they also get, um, access to spots, a chance at spots they otherwise wouldn't have a shot at at all. And to put things in perspective, um, our cash rates so far have had between a 30 and 78% landing rate for buyers of the cash crate. So, um, one week we, we only had like 20 people who bought the cash crate who, who didn't get a whitelist spot. And that was of like a, a couple hundred whitelist spots. So pretty, pretty cool um, system for those people. Yeah. I like that a lot. You know, like I said, I think that that is a huge flaw in the whitelist marketplace uh, systems that I see right now. It's just the, the people who have the most cash and have, are able to buy the most, obviously get rewarded with the top whitelist spots. And, you know, some to an extent, maybe they should because they've spent the, the amount of money um, on the project to, you know, be, be awarded. But there's also people who love your project or love the project and just don't have the funds to do that. And so you don't want to drive them away from the project by not having, you know, not giving them access to whitelist spots or NFTs or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. And, you know, even to um, touch on that, you know, the, the people at the top not getting as much benefit. So we were even able to um, kind of adapt how we did things. So since the start, I've uh, operated a marketplace on, on like a mathematical formula that I developed that kind of um, accounts for different things like the fundamentals of a project, the, the supply, the the um, are the t- is the team docs? Are they not docs? Uh, how many whitelist spots do we get? And I basically use all of these kind of quantitative and qualitative factors, and I created a formula that um, basically 
non-arbitrarily creates a price for every item in the marketplace every week. Um, so initially I was using like a, like an average cash per holder thing, but then, uh, as, as part of the formula, but as things have progressed and the cash system has become more refined, now I can use number values that are the averages for holders between, you know, five and 50 NFTs. And so this increases the overall price floor, but since the cash crate is there and, um, there's such a high landing rate of people actually winning whitelist spots. Um, this allows the, you know, the people who have a lot of NFTs to be rewarded and those spots to be kind of priced at a point where they, they get access to them first, you know? So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of thought that's gone into it. And, you know, I don't think there's any perfect answer to any whitelist marketplace. If someone tells you they have the perfect answer, um, I would turn the other way because it it is very hard to please everyone. But I think we, have done um, the best we can, and our community has been overwhelmingly positive about it. Yeah, and so going back to your mint, I know you said, um, and I now respect you 100% for doing this, you shut it down right as you guys were, you know, you built a lot of FOMO up towards the end of that, right? You said, okay, well, you've got an hour to mint, and then we're shutting this down, and you did. You actually shut it down within the hour, and you had pending transactions, and you had a lot of people coming into mint, and, and, and you built up quite a bit of FOMO. So with that being said, do you have plans to do a another collection? And, and do you have a date or anything like that coming? Um, and do you just do you have another collection that you have planned to, you know, give people who um, wanted to mint potentially a while back and didn't pretend, didn't get to, but they'd love to mint another collection that you have? Do you have any plans for a new collection? Yeah, so we actually have um, kind of, so we, we do have a few collections planned um, going off of our initial plan. Um, now we've decided to take things slow. We don't have a date for our second collection, but it is going to be what we called um, call factions. So this first collection artistically uh, is comprised of different humans that are teched out to various degrees. And then the factions will introduce some different characters in that same um, you know, Neuromod universe. It'll include things like robots, um, other things that we call the companions who will, um, each of these uh, factions within this collection will have different utility um, to some degree, meaning that some of the factions will maybe help you generate more cash. Others will give you access to some different utilities uh, within the project and outside. So um, yeah, that's our plan there. The art is kind of about 65% done with that and we're working our way towards it. But our primary um, focus right now is just kind of delivering on all of the things we have out now and building a strong community and continuing to grow because um, I know from my perspective as a holder of so many projects, uh, it never feels good whenever a collection um, dilutes the supply a little bit without really delivering on the utility they they launched on launch day. So um, that never um, felt good from my perspective as a, as a buyer of a project. So I definitely intend to, um, kind of deliver on this value. Um, hopefully, you know, increase the overall floor price and all of that, that as much as we hate talking about floor price, uh, we would be, um, lying if we said that that wasn't a factor in the success of a project. So, um, lots of things to work on. And we're, we're going to continue working down that road before we, we announce our factions collection. But it is coming, and it's um, a large chunk of it is done. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's you know, it's kind of it's great what you're doing where, you know, you don't have a date or anything for that yet per se, but you're, you're building what you guys already have. And, you know, that's what you, you want to see from good projects. You want to see uh, in downtime, you know, in downtimes like now, uh, where the leaders of the project are just building and continuing to improve the current project that they have. Um, and, and same thing with pre-mint projects, uh, just continuing to build the growth of the community, continuing to build um, their following and stuff like that, doing AMAs and stuff like that uh, until the market potentially turns. And then maybe, you know, who, who knows, right? But I think it's just important for projects and, and leaders to be building right now instead of, you know, hitting the pause button. Uh, and I yeah. think some projects are hitting that pause button right now and saying, well, let's just pause and see what happens with the market. When I feel like the opposite should be happening, you should be 
building right now. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I like the approach of delivery. I mean, you, you see a lot of projects that <laughs> they have a plan and they just stick to the plan and in uh, delivering maybe a, a V2 or whatever without delivering the utility of the first one. Um, and I love that you're, you're kind of saying, you know, we're going to stick with the holders that backed us in the beginning, deliver that utility, and then consider, you know, launching that V2 after that. So I think that's yeah. a, yeah, that's a great approach. That. That's been our kind of approach since the start. You know, I said we started building this last year. So the, our initial plans and, you know, what we paid our artists for was a, a collection of 8,888. And, you know, that's what we had always planned. And then the market started trending yeah. a little bit, a little bit sketchy. So we cut it to 4444. And then we, um, and then with the circumstances of our mint, we, we ended up cutting it then and there. And we're, we landed at a supply of 2,600. So, um, yeah, from the very start, I think that's how we gained a lot of the respect that we currently have from our community members is that um, we're able to adapt. We change um, with the market. We, we, it's the same philosophy with the course. Like I've told everyone, I will be updating this course all the time. You know, I just added uh, a lesson that I'm going to be filming and, and putting up in the next few days on Solana and, you know, how to uh, trade NFTs on Solana because up until now the whole course is covered ethereum but the market has been talking about solana so it's time to adapt and you know kind of add that in so that, that's kind of been the philosophy from the start is um the attention span again is so short we have to be able to you know follow that and try to be um, looking in the future enough that we can predict things and maybe um, be some of the first to to touch on certain things but for others we will adapt and you know deliver on whatever people want at that given time yeah, I think the educational factor is so important in this space because um, uh, so many newcomers, uh, when they enter the space, they have no idea how to protect themselves from hackers. And now, you know, mm -hmm. you see Twitter links that are that you that, that you can get hacked on just by clicking a Twitter link. I remember an ApeCoin verified account mm -hmm. up being a, a a scam account at some point, and it got a whole bunch of people just from that. And I think it's so important. Do you guys have a video tutorial about kind of um, keeping yourself safe from hacks and scams and stuff like that? Yeah, so we actually have a whole module on it that consists of uh, four videos um, because for this exact reason, you know, um, it's the wild, wild west. It has been since I got into this scene, you know, forever ago. And you know, the amount of money I've seen wrecked from, from other people in the space is, is insane. So, yeah, we have a whole module. Um, this includes, you know, your, um, your standard security stuff with Discord and then, you know, covering a multi-wallet strategy. Uh, there's a lesson on how to set up a ledger device and how to use a hardware wallet um, when trading. Um, again, I talk about the multi-wallet strategy, you know, the best one being a three-wallet strategy and then next best being two-wallet strategy where you have uh, various hot trading and vault wallets. Um, so these are all things that I go into a lot of detail on. Um, I know it's, it's not the most uh, sexy thing to talk about uh, a course or lectures or whatever, but I, I think that we did a good job. You know, every video I film ends up being uh, 20 minutes or so recorded usually, uh, but I've paid a very, very skilled video editor who um, kind of cuts them up and he condenses them usually by 50 to 60% and gets all of the, he cuts out literally every, um, pause in my voice he every bit of downtime everything so he makes them perfect and condensed and and kind of appeals to the to the goldfish attention span of the nft space yeah that's that's awesome you know like i said that's something that's super needed in the space for newcomers in the space especially because if you come into the space and you have no idea what you're doing but you like the thought of nfts you can lose a lot of money really really quick and so yep. having having something like that is really important and there are stuff, there is stuff like that, but it's spread across so many different platforms. So having one central place that you can go to learn all of that stuff is really important. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And that's kind of uh, I kind of kept a running list the whole time I was, you know, um, learning about NFTs of all of the things that I, I needed more information on. I was fortunate to like make it into some really cool trading groups where people kind of 
mentored me, but it was, it was most of the information that I've learned from the space was kind of through one-on-one conversations and very few videos that I found um, had the information I needed and uh, very few other resources consistently had every single thing. So um, that was kind of the goal and the mission here. And that's what we were trying to deliver on and is just literally making it your one-stop shop for, for everything NFTs. Yeah. That's cool, man, Josh. You guys are offering some really, really good utility for holders. And, you know, right now at a, at a price point of, I think it was 0.044 or so, man, you can't go wrong with that. Having access to all those uh, those tutorials and tools, uh, a whitelist marketplace where you not don't necessarily have to be a huge whale to win spots. And then on top of that, having potential access to a new collection that's coming up and, and more, I think, at a price point of 0.044 to 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 get into neuromod i mean geez you can't beat that right yeah yeah i completely agree and um you know i think our community sees that and that's why our our holder count has been going down but the number of listings is also going down is because you know our community keeps buying up um, the floor and you know like i said at the beginning there's literally only 88 nfts i think there's there's 50 nfts to like point three or something which would be like a 6x so it's like it's just crazy it just takes the right person listening to an ama or or the right community kind of backing us to to really um, take us to the level that i uh, expect us to be in the future and and think we deserve to be at but uh that's all talks for a different day I, i think it will come with time and that's why we have taken this downtime to really focus on building um i've been filming a lot working on a, on a detailed white paper that goes into all of the stuff we talked about here and, um, and just tons of stuff that we, that we work on and update the community on regularly. Yeah. I think it's, just, it's so hard because it's just an ongoing battle for projects to, to stay, continue to stay relevant. And I think the, the only, you know, the thing you have to continue to do is continue to go on AMAs, continue to build in the background and continue to network and market your product because there is so many new shiny toys every single day that hit the market, right? And so mm-hmm. it's so hard for people because it's just like you said, it's the intention span of a goldfish in this market. Everybody sees something new and everyone's like, oh, should I sell this even if it's at a loss to go into this <laughs> other project? And, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of focus, I think, uh, as, a, as a trader right now, you really need to focus on uh, leaders, people in the space, like who who's building this project? If this is a good... You know, this project looks great, but who's behind the project? Can I trust them to continue to build, continue to grow? And those are the projects you put your money in, you hold those type of projects. And and so I think, uh, you know, with both these projects today, you guys are continuing to build and continuing to grow. Um, and they're definitely projects that I would hold long term. It's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm going to open it up right now, see if anybody else has any questions. Because, you know, like I say, I can talk forever. Um <laughs> Uh, and if Flosi has a question as well, uh, anybody who wants to take the floor, ask either one of these projects. I see Dylan's still on. Not sure if he's actually still on or just kind of left it on. <laughs> either, either way. <laughs> um, but if if anybody has any questions for Neuromod or Fact, yeah, yeah I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> awesome. Thanks well, for sticking around. Staying on, Dylan. All right. So no questions. Um, I appreciate everybody coming today. You know, it's been an hour, uh, two great projects per usual. We do these every single week. We're the janitors. Um, every week we're going to find undervalued projects. We're going to vote on them. We're going to sweep the floor and raffle the NFTs back off to our holders. Um, we really want to dive into these projects, find undervalued projects, find leaders that we like, find projects doing some cool stuff for the space and talk with them and bring them to you guys so you can listen to them, listen to them speak, see if it's a project that you want to invest in, and then give you the opportunity to take a look at them and go in and, and invest in the project. Um, appreciate everybody coming tonight. Uh, I'm going to end it here. Flosi, any last words? He's probably cooking meatballs. No, I had spaghetti in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> Wait, we do have a question before everybody hops off. I think we do have a question here. It's always nice to have a question. Instead of me just rambling the whole time. Oh, I know, right? All right. So we did have a question. I think we failed. <laughs> it's just, All good. I think that, that happens more often than not. 
It's like someone wants to speak yeah. and then just all, all dips. The I see requests, <laughs> I click yes, and then they disappear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Got thanks, guys, for coming on. Um, it was great to hear from you both. So good luck yeah, with everything, and we'll be following along. Yeah, cool. I appreciate you both. I've already got a fat cat in my wallet. I'm planning on grabbing a neuromod or two for sure. So we really appreciate you guys. Cool. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, I appreciate y'all's time. And um, yeah, I look forward to supporting y'all as y'all are supporting us. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be in touch with you too about how we can potentially do some sort of partnership because we do have so many new people in our Discord who ask questions all the time about stuff um, that is specifically stuff that you're probably teaching right yeah. now. So I think there's a good opportunity to do some sort of collab, some sort of partnership to help benefit both communities. Cool. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. And we actually, uh, I just had a system developed uh, this this week to give um, other people in communities some trial access to to get a little bit of information from the course in a short amount of time. So, uh, awesome. yeah, let's definitely ch- chat about that. Cool. cool. And, and connect us as well, please. And, 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 and get, get Neuromods peeps inside FatCat so they can come and see how we're doing some of the webhooks and stuff. And maybe yeah. we can, they, they can give suggestions, right? We'd, we'd love that as well because, um, you know, people are, often, people are often embarrassed to ask for some of the basics, which, which is what I found, especially when kind of most of the conversation going on in FatCats is kind of like uh, intermediary or advanced. And being able to kind of direct them to some of the webhooks or partner groups uh, creates a really good win-win, I think. So we'd, we'll find that awesome as well. Yeah, yeah. That, sounds, that sounds perfect. I'll, I'll get a chat between us three going so we can kind of all figure something out. Perfect. Sounds amazing. Thanks again for having us. Yeah, thanks again for coming. appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Bye, everyone. Till next time, guys. Take care.